0: Our guest today comes to us from New York, New York. She is from the sole rock and roll outfit known as Babylon. Guitar World Magazine has referred to Babylon as a happy talent trifecta with a loud live sound that sounds like Amy Winehouse and Led Zeppelin put together. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing a song in great detail, and that would be ramble on from Led Zeppelin too. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest Babylon to the program. Babylon, it is so great to talk with you this evening. It's a humid May night that we are speaking together. You are in New York City, but you like to hop a little bit from town to town. How
1: are you tonight? I'm ready to run, Matt. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, man. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm very excited to, uh, again, thank you for uh, letting me be on your podcast. I'm thrilled uh, to try and dismantle one of my favorite idols in the most positive way. Um, I also read and looked through your blog and listened to your podcast, so it double Double thank you because you know your way around music very well and it's really nice to have a, a chill conversation with someone who just like feels like you can have a you know, like have a beer with them at the bar and like just talk music for five hours and then you're like, Wow, we gotta go home. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they just yeah, the lights are up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like go yeah. home, you know. Yeah.
0: Um so we're we're talking about ramble on. From uh, Led Zeppelin 2, which was released on Atlantic Records in
1: 1969. Hold on! It's Infin- so good, Infin- damn it!
0: Yeah. Oh. Did you know that Led Zeppelin 2 as a whole was released on Halloween of 1969?
1: I did not know that. I did not know that at all. I almost crashed my car listening to Ramble On and like, being in it, end of the song so much. But I didn't know they released it on Halloween, which kind of is interesting because I did that drive on Halloween.
0: So you heard Ramble On for the first time on FM radio?
1: I heard Ramble On, yeah. I was in my Plymouth Voyager. I was in Northern Virginia, and I was, like, ready. I was young. I was ready to give up on everything. I was like, man, I don't want to do this college thing. I'm over it. Uh, I don't know if I feel like continuing with this degree of conforming. not saying that people who are doing the corporate thing are whatever conforming if that's what they love to do that's what they love to do my stepdad's a lawyer power to him uh but yeah i i cranked it on and uh cream came on and i was like i've heard this song before, I love it." and then ramble came on and i was like oh my god who is this oh my god i was just like you know, I should have known who Led Zeppelin was by, like, the age 18, 19, but I grew up in a uh, – my family's from Russia. My mother and I are from, are from Russia. So I grew up on a lot of, like, classical jazz, uh, you know, different cultured music that you would think is, like, worldly, like uh, Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Like, things that the yeah. world her- heard and, you know – um, I didn't really get into rock and roll until like after being able to like hang out with kids because I've always been like a very like lone loner, super hyper, you know what I'm saying type of kid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it just moved me. I was like, oh my god, I love this song. And then I just tried to find it on the internet and I tried to find it on anything and I asked all these people and they told me what it was. So I just started re- listening to it on repeat and like. Listening to the structure, I was enamored, and it literally took my songwriting level to the next level, because by then I was already writing songs. But I wasn't, like, making breakdowns like Zeppelin. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. This is one heck of a way to cut your teeth on rock and roll music. I mean, Led Zeppelin, For Crying Out Loud, it's their second record. In, you know, that was released in 1969 and they are considered as, you know, most people know one of the most pivotal rock and roll bands that has ever existed to this point. What a find. Coming, you know, emigrating from Russia to the United States, you uh, you really, you, you hit pay dirt with Led Zeppelin, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you go from Rachmaninoff to like Led Zeppelin, like who would have thought, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it's one of the things that I think is beautiful about uh, being, you know, growing into your uh, inhibitions and growing into your um, truth, like really listening to your gut by something that moves you. You know, it yeah. felt different. It felt amazing. I mean, it starts completely quiet on in a sense of dynamics and at first I thought I was going to be listening to like at first I was like wow this is like a nice folky thing kind of like what I got going on this is cool I like it I dig it you know wow rad and then it just cranks and it's I was like why have I been listening to stuff like this my whole life like why is this you know, but it's kind of like a classical dynamic where, you know, classical music is kind of also like that and even think about jazz, like it's all based on dynamics. Like not a lot of classical pieces had lyrics in it. So the fact that it was so booming was a a comfort zone for me it was because the dynamics made me think of classical music, it made me think of jazz, it made me things think of things that I grew up on. And then also, it was so riveting that it was unknown territory that I just had to, I, I like, I had to explore, like, I think that same day, I went and tuned my guitar to like a, the suspended nine open tuning, dad, dad, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, this is so worldly, like, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just a ball to the wall, like, it was insane. We're talking with Babylon right now here on Cover
0: to Cover with... Matt Target specifically about a track on side two, track number three off of Led Zeppelin two called Ramble On. And um, you know, Babylon, I have to ask you this question. As a musician, I, I've listened to music that you have available online, specifically on Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: your approach to your songcraft, you know, I, I get the sense that you are all about creating your own destiny, and as a result, having total creative control over your art. Led Zeppelin as, as a whole and throughout their entire career always had creative control over their art. And they had total creative control um, from a monetary point of view as to how they wanted to approach their own songcraft. craft specifically with Peter Grant, you know, as, you know, serving as executive producer. Right. This comparison is, you know, really interesting. You know, yes, your music is certainly influenced by Led Zeppelin, but the idea of having total control over your art, that must be really appealing to you. You know, am I completely off base?
1: Totally off base. I'm just kidding. No, dude, (laughs) you're on point. You know, you're, it's, When I first started listening to them, and thank you for checking out um, the album Heart Attacks and Southern Roses. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I really did sit on it for a while. I recorded the whole thing uh, basically with one microphone. I had a few parts and some songs overdubbed by other musicians after writing the initial arrangement. But... um, It took a long time to get to a point where you can kind of shut that effing chatter up. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here, but I won't. I'll be nice. You know, it takes a while to kind of shut the chatter up. I think the 60s and 70s, you know, were, it was like more prominent to just be like, no, I'm going to do this my way, like, whatever. Like, I don't give a damn what you think it should sound like. I'm just going to try this shit, and then we're just going to keep rolling with it, and if it doesn't work, then we're going to try a different way, right? Right. Now, it's not so attainable that, I mean, I think a lot of things are coming clear to, you know, and I'm not trying to be, like, any way or or the other way, but I think for women especially, it's starting to open up a lot more than it used to be, you know, in the in the early 2000s and when popular culture was was really booming. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but the inhibition of like writing writing from a source of like raw rawness definitely, you know, came from you know, Zeppelin and I used to for the first couple of years I just didn't really even dabble into finding out who those guys were i just listened to their damn record like i didn't know who the singer was i didn't know you know what i'm saying i didn't know plant was plant i didn't know bonham had a foot like a trucker you know what i'm saying like i didn't think about it i just listened to the damn record because it was a a timeless record do you know what i'm saying and that made me want to do everything I wanted to do, you know. When I moved around a lot, and I moved to New York and stuff, I met some different producers and made some pop tracks and, um, you know, had a whole, like, montage of, I want to say, like, folk pop or whatever you want to call it. Like, catchy musical tunes over really ravaging guitar strumming because I can't quiet my hand. Um, And... And it was great, and it was, you know, it was taking suggestions from a lot of different people to, like, mold and, like, write lyrics the way that I thought people wanted me to write them and all this and that. But then I came to a place where I was completely depressed, where I was like, what am I doing wrong? And I just started to still my mind, and I started to listen to that genre of an area again. And the first thing I did was turn on Ramble On. Then I just listened to the damn record. And then I went on to Cream. And then I went on to uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn. And then I went on to all these other places. And I started to break the music down and understand that they didn't have rules or regulations. They were like, these five chords sound badass. We're going to make three of these the verse and two of these are going to add on for the chorus. And then we're just going to wail. And I was like, I mean, not that I met them and that's what they told me, but in my mind, just in my mind's eye is what I thought they said.
0: Talking to Babylon right now on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all things on, all things Led Zeppelin too. Um, Babylon, you alluded to the players in the band. They are a quartet. Robert Plant, John Bonham, Jimmy Page, and a maestro named John Paul Jones. What... What do you like? You, you've talked a lot about the dynamics of Ramblon. You know, are there any sections of the song in particular that, you know, just you really have to do right off the bat? Um, that was, I mean, that was
1: Booker, if you... Right?
0: Was that your dog in the background? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: dynamics. You know, so if you think about it, it's like at first, there is a driving force. We've got a little bit of a hi-hat hit, a little bit of the acoustic guitar. We've got plant singing, very alluring type of uh, melody just kind of there, and then driving the song somewhere because you feel as though it's going to open up and it doesn't yet, and it's just a constant tease in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it splits into a big opening where it's just pocket classic rock, just pocket classic rock. And then it drives back down to the keys again, you know that that open that opening epic chorus line I mean that's grabbing as it as it is the chord structure doesn't really change, nothing intricate about it changes except for that they create fullness in the ability to just take the song for what it is, strip it down to its bare minimum in the beginning, and then fully bring it to its capacity. And then, of course, the solo in the middle of the bridge. I mean, who doesn't love that? Just like a, It's just an arpeggio, but it's so syncopated in the pocket. It's yeah. like it gets stuck in your... da 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 It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can Uh make rap songs out of that. Like, come on. you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) the way that they, you know, I just like the way that they took the structure of doing that and the lyrics are so open but not vague and alluring and half of it is about what seems like the labyrinth and half of it half of it's about what seems like being on tour and half of it is about what seems like being in love and then also finding the love that you want and then also him saying that he's gonna ramble on and go find his girl, the one that he really wants, like who's wanting what? But like it's just this journey. You can have forty seven different renditions of like what you think this song is about. Like a million if you really wanted. I just love that they can just take it from nothing and make it something.
0: Let's start at the beginning here, just from a, a lyrical point of view. I mean, it's I was, you know, when I was looking back at the liner notes here, I was reminded a lot of, um, you know, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but F. Scott Fitzgerald and, you know, the way that he described fall, it was just like a complete, you know, life, like re, almost like a re-beginning again. Right. And, you know, these these opening lines that Robert Plant sings of leaves are falling all around, it's time I was on my way. It's just, you know, he he starts to allude into the fact that, you know, the autumn moon is lighting his way, you know, before he has got to take off from this place that's giving him just a lot of, uh, there's, there just seems to be a lot of bad juju in the air, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah, that's uh it's quite a picture that, you know, is, is painted right from the get-go. So right. What,
1: what, what it's, like, descriptive. It's, like, poetic. It's not yeah. just lyrics that sounds like they're going somewhere, but it's, like, Poe. You know what I'm saying? Like, Edgar Allan Poe, how you would take one one thing and make it so descriptive that it can creep inside of your dreams. hmm. I, I... I thoroughly think that's beautiful. It was like, what another another part of uh, Ramble On I like is the, got him in the evil the got him ran away with her. I mean, that's definitely off melody, forgive me. Um, but it's like he took the, you know what I'm saying? I, I prefer, like, I personally love the fact that they, like, literally phrased, the labyrinth in in the song of or is it Lord of the Rings? Which one is it? Who someone creeped away oh, with Lord someone? Of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Rings, right? Like what is that? Why would you even put? Who was reading the book on tour when they were making that? That's incredible! Like <laughs>
0: Absolutely. like yeah. referencing Bortor and uh, um, right, yeah. right,
1: right. Like what mind? Just is expanded on that. And I, like, you know, I, again, I'm not very much a researcher. Like, I didn't even look into this stuff until, like, years of listening to the record and being like, well, maybe I should look that up.
0: Yeah. You know, one other thing that's really interesting about this track is they never performed it proper as a group. You know? No. It's, it's, which is just so crazy. I mean, it showed up in. Um, Page and Plant tours from the mid '90s, I believe a couple of Robert Plant, you know, solo shows over time. But I mean, this is a classic for crying out loud, and they just never got around to performing it in their early prime.
1: Right. I feel maybe like they did that on purpose, like there is some s- secrecy and sacredness to it because they there is no like you don't ever really see them performing it the way that they had recorded it. Or it could have been one of those things where they're like, this song is going to be one of those that we like never really do the same again. And everyone will go crazy about it. You hear what I'm saying? And that's me and you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought about doing that. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I mean, I I did that with my record and, and I wasn't like, I wasn't trying to do it just like that, but i I recorded my record on my own with the best of my ability. And, um, you know, the way that the songs came out when I started rehearsing them with people were just definitely different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, each group made it sound, made each song sound a little different. You know, each uh, geographical area made it sound a little different. You know what I'm saying? Like touring... And and stuff like that, like and I feel like maybe they that's what they were going for is that, you know, there is sac sacredness in being able to see something live, hearing it one way and then seeing it live totally different way. I mean, how how much of a beautiful rendition would it be to see bands that like recorded something and then they do it even better live instead of like sometimes what happens is the latter. Do you know what I'm saying? absolutely like, yeah you'd Sometimes be like
0: studio tracks a little mellower than you know the way something's performed live and it's just it just gets a real kick in the pants whether it's a brass section or uh maybe somebody uses a different pedal on stage or something like that and overdrives an amp just to touch more stuff like that just makes things at times you know even more dynamic than it might sound on a studio recording right
1: 100% absolutely yeah it's like you just take it to the next level I mean if it would be a blessing to have them play it live like the way that they played it but I don't think that they'll ever play it like that I feel like it was slightly intentional and I and I I clap that on that's that's amazing Do you, know what I'm saying?
0: you know what another interesting facet of their career Led Zeppelin's career is that they never released any singles, they are an album-driven band. And this was certainly one of those songs that was prominently highlighted. The majority of Led Zeppelin II was highlighted on the radio, but "Ramble On was, I mean, one of the more, you know, gigantic songs in their catalog at this point.
1: Right. Maybe they were like, we don't need to totally play it out all the time because it's overplayed. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it got so much movement. I mean, it kind of got them in the door. They were, they were, you know, they were an array of a band as as it is, and you know, listening to them will definitely expand your cranium. Do you know what I'm saying? Like
0: totally, yeah.
1: And I, I, it'll expand where you want to go with other music too. I mean, there's so many different places where you can go because their genre was. I mean, it wasn't like their genre was pretty. You know, it stayed in like a good like, fraction of, like, certain places. It wasn't, like, Bowie who went funk to rock. You know what I mean? Like, but for sure they made a marker. It's it's amazing.
0: Talking with Babylon here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about Ramble On from Led Zeppelin 2 We're focusing on one track tonight that, you know, mysteriously was never performed live by the group. It clocks in at four minutes and thirty-five seconds. Written by Robert Plant and the great Jimmy Page on lead guitar. Um, Babylon, what else would you like to you know to talk about in regards to ramble on here? We've talked about various just arpeggiated guitar lines. What um, you know, do you have a connection to to uh, the way John Paul Jones approaches his bass guitar? It's, extremely melodic and you know throughout the song he's playing it like a lead instrument in some respects
1: he is i mean if you think about it there is like one of the dynamic things that i that i love to listen to i mean this song in particular like taught me simplicity in like arrangement you know it was one of the songs that i had gotten my my producer education off of because i just kept listening to this song and then the rest of the record like this song has like all of the structures of a hit or i i don't know if i want to hit call it hits like i you can call them hits or everybody can call them hits but i feel like hits quote unquote are songs that are timeless and they move people and there was with the beginning you know like there is the the simplicity of his baseline on the Uh, You know, light hi-hat pocket over a really, really sly, just uh, chugging acoustic guitar with plants, vocals, just sitting right on top, coming in and out with a breath of, like, fresh air. Just, like, enough. Not too much, not little, not too little, but just enough for you to want more. Like, and the fact that it's just so melodic in the bass line which gives it that arrangement. So you got that bass line going with the little... Mm -hmm. And then that, you know, the acoustic... Which is somewhat already going with the bass line. It's like the acoustic guitar is like between the hi-hat and the bass line. And it's all... And Plant is already on top of that, which is I'm looking at this like stem tracks in my mind. And like... (laughs) You know, his vocals are just like... So his melodic lines are also, you know, like going with the bass line, which is also going with the acoustic guitar, which is also going with, you know, Bonham's like little... And it's like, it's so much fucking room to breathe. It's tantalizing, which is only... Fair that they take the chorus and slap you across the face. Like, they just slap you across the face. Like, you're just like, you're like, they're like, oh, you think you're listening to us? Pow! You're listening to Zeppelin! You know, like, you get shook. Like, you get a letter for your Letterman's jacket just by sitting in there in the seat and waiting 42 seconds. Like, you did it. You achieved the award because they just brought it. Because so when the chorus opens up, it's all in the pocket. It's all in the pocket. It, the, the melodic line from the bass part goes into a pocket to Bonham's drum kick and his hi-hat, which is right on point, not too much, and his ride, and, like, Paige is so on top. Paige is now the melodic bass line because he's just ripping it, chord structure by chord structure, and plant is just yelling at the top of his lungs not even melodically he's just yelling to fit right in between the chorus and the four and the one beat on the verse it's just it's like it i don't know i'm geeking out what are you gonna do
0: robert plant's yelling out because he wants to find the queen of his dreams
1: of course who wouldn't
0: it's it's very uh it's it's a primitive kind of scream
1: It is. It's like you know. um,
0: Primal, excuse me, not primitive. Primal. It's
1: totally primal. You know, it's totally primal. I mean, I wish I was. I was. I only wish I could have sat in the studio when they made that. It's you know, there are a lot of moving parts, but it's the simplicity that keeps those moving parts as a tease. I believe. I think that's what makes it so great for me, in particular, is that you know, it's a song that's. It has the finer qualities of the simplicity of a beautiful, timeless piece, along with the infrastructure of technical technical playing in the chorus. And they've seamlessly blended it together, like a punk rock band, but not a punk rock band.
0: Hmm. Early uh, markings of what would inspire the punk movement, perhaps.
1: Yeah, or, or early, like, crazy mathematical primates, like, if you think about it, if you really think about it. That's so interesting, that's a really, so, yeah, that's cool, I've never thought about it that way. Like, you know what I'm saying, they took the simplicity and just kept it there, but they cranked it, and then, it like, they were, you know what I mean, like, they were technical. It's, yeah. it really is beautiful. Starting with
0: Babylon. Right now, on cover to cover with Matt Tarka, all things ramble on, all things Led Zeppelin. We're talking about Led Zeppelin too, which is uh, where Ramble On is featured. You got to flip over side one to side two and get to track three, and that's where you can find four minutes and thirty-five seconds of pure bliss from a quartet known as the Led Zeppelin. A lot of people thought that Led Zeppelin would go over like a lead balloon, and that's why. They were named, or they dubbed themselves Led Zeppelin after being called the the New Yardbirds.
1: They dubbed themselves the Led Zeppelin? Really?
0: Yeah, because they thought that fans or people that would get familiar with the band after they were called the New Yardbirds because they wanted a new identity. Mm-hmm. Um, they called themselves Led Zeppelin because they thought the way that they were approaching this new music that they were making would go over like a lead balloon.
1: I love it. I had no idea. You see you're teaching me things and I think that's so beautiful. <laughs> that only makes sense. It's like a fist to the man, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Like every part of that genre in that area and, and era like I I wish like, you know, it's that's art needs to be like that. Art is like that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like before you even think that you can crap on this we're just gonna call it what you think you'll call it, and we're gonna make it we're gonna make it out alive
0: Babylon. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you tonight. Thanks so much for taking time away from right now we're
1: from we're, nothing' we're, we're from nothing
0: <laughs> from streaming shows from yeah. from from sharing new ideas on, on social media and uh and, and and talking about Led Zeppelin too and focusing on uh Four minutes and 35 seconds of a track called Ramble On. Thank you so much for being here.
1: It was my pleasure, Matt. This was, uh, this was a really nice conversation. It was really great. I dig it.
0: All right. My special thanks to Babylon for stopping by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a moment to tell your friends and even some of your family about the show if you'd like. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. It'll certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover -cover dot com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.